Radio Mano Papachango. from Topanga, California, where I bring you another episode of this small batch handcrafted, lovingly produced podcast with no commercial interruptions, no corporate overseers, nobody telling us who is an appropriate guest and what's an appropriate word to use or not use. That's right. Freedom of speech coming at you. Uh, sponsored by you and listeners like you at patreon.com. There are over a thousand people now who have signed on at Patreon. And I thank every one of you from the bottom of my heart. What's happening? This, this episode is from our recent road trip. If you're just tuning in, Cassie and I are just back from a one month on the road trip to New Orleans and back, we hugged the southern border most of the way. And uh, one of the more magical interludes on our trip was when we got essentially stranded in this little town of Terlingua, Texas, stranded by the kindness and intelligence and beauty of the people we met there. Um, you've already heard the episode with Jeff Leach, if you listen to all of these. If you pick and choose, I um, implore you to go back and listen to the episode with Jeff Leach. It's two or three before this one. Jeff is uh, a guy we met in Terlingua who's I had heard about previously because he was working with the Hadza hunter-gatherer people in Tanzania, <clears throat> and uh, he's interested in the microbiome, and he was doing some self-experimentation to see if he could um, colonize, pun intended, his colon with the microbiome of a hunter-gatherer. I read about this a couple years ago and by chance found myself sitting at a table drinking beer with the dude. And the, interestingly, the issue came up and I mentioned that I had read that article and somebody pointed down to the end of the table and said, yeah, that's him right there. That, like, that's the guy? That you? You're the guy? Anyway, this all came about through the the kindness and generosity of Tony Drury, who you are going to meet in this episode. What happened was we went, Cassie and I went to the west entrance of Big Bend National Park uh, about three o'clock in the afternoon. And the guy said, all the campgrounds are full. I recommend you go back to that little dusty town you just came through, spend the night there and come back in the morning and we'll see if we can hook you up with a campsite. So we went back to this town of Terlingua where there appeared to be nothing happening. And um, I remember that somebody had sent me a text. Somebody who follows me on social media had sent me a, a text saying, hey, I see you're in Texas. If you happen to get to a town called Terlingua, you should look up my buddy. And they gave me his uh, Instagram handler, which I believe is Beer Peddler. And um, anyway, that that stuck out in my memory for some reason. 
And I tracked down the text and I sent a text, a DM to Beer Peddler and um, thinking, you know, the guy's not going to respond. He doesn't know me. Right. Uh, or if he, you know, he's probably out of town or he's busy or, you know, whatever. And I, I just sent him a text saying, hey, I'm in town. You don't know who I am, but uh, you, some friend of yours said I should look you up and whatever. Fifteen minutes later, he responds yeah, I'm in town and we're having dinner uh, down at this restaurant. You should come over. And Cassie and I went and we found this table of really friendly, wonderful people. And we ended up spending as much time as we possibly could with those folks in Terlingua, which turned out to be uh, four days or something like that. Uh, it was hard to peel ourselves away. Believe me, it's 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 so unusual to find a small community of people where virtually everyone you meet is fascinating we could have spent the next six months there and not exhausted the possibilities and it's a very very small group of people but they're all just really interesting anyway so tony's the guy who made it all happen his friendliness opened the door for us and uh, for that, I am eternally grateful. And as you'll hear, Tony is a really cool guy. Very interesting. And this is the Fuck Your Wall episode of Tangentially Speaking, because that's one of Tony's songs. He's a, a musician, a songwriter, as well as a guy who is opening what will soon be the prime spot in Terlingua where people will gather. It's called the boat. Wait, it's called the boatyard now, but they're redoing it. And what are they calling it? Cassie? It's the Texas. Oh shit. He says it in the, in the thing. It's apparently in Texas, there's like the Texas Bureau of Alcohol something and, and their Terlingua adventure something company. Um, anyway, he, he says it in the podcast. And if you get to Terlingua, he won't have trouble finding it. Uh, there aren't a lot of places there. So you'll find it for sure. Anyway, this is Tony Drury. Uh, I think it's spelled D-R-E-W-E-Y maybe or just Y. I don't know. Um, he's Beer Peddler on Instagram. Super cool guy. Uh, it's, it's a pretty brief conversation. We only talk for about half an hour. And, there, and there's the uh, rendition of Fuck Your Wall. If you want to see... You'll hear dogs in the background. It's I recorded it at a party we were at. Uh, there's a lot of atmosphere. If you want to see him perform it, which I certainly recommend, uh, just go to my website. I'll put the video up there. It's uh, it's pretty cool. He's a charismatic dude. Anyway, um, much love to all of you and to anyone interlingua who happens happens to be listening. We miss you guys. Miss the teepees, miss the sunsets, miss the whole damn thing. All right, I guess I'm going to end it at that and just go right into this. Uh, and since I'm playing Fuck the Wall at the end, uh, I guess I won't do a transitional song. I'll just go straight into the conversation. So thank you all for your support, whether it's through Patreon or by using the Amazon link on my webpage. That's always helpful. And it's a way, uh, if you're spending money at Amazon, to direct some of that Amazon money our way. It definitely helps us out and it, uh, it keeps us on the road, fills that Scarlett Johansson with diesel and uh, keeps the lights on. So thank you all for that. I'll catch you soon. Bye. I'm here with Tony. Uh, Tony's going to 
continue munching a shortbread for a minute here. You're you're good, man. All right, I'll, I'll talk. Oh, you're in between munches. He's got one one last piece of shortbread it's with his morning cup. Yeah, but it's you know that's the important one. Your practice now. If you're going to go that far, you might as well finish the game. Exactly. Uh, what's your last name? Drury? Drury. Drury. What kind of name is that? English and Irish. English. All right. Okay. Drury. You got it tattooed to his finger, just in case you forget. It's the best five bucks I ever spent right there, man. <laughs> is that your first tat? Go to a, no, no, no. It was the most recent one, actually. Oh. Uh, uh, go to a bar, and it's really loud. There's a band playing. And the guy says, what's the name on the tab? Well, Drury's a really hard one to figure out, so right. uh, he got a tattoo there, and you kind of show it to him. Uh-huh. Worked out one time, uh, pointed to the guy. The guy to the left of me thought I was pointing at him, maybe the bartender, <laughs> and he got pissed off because he thought I was putting beers on his head. Right, tongue. right. And when I showed him the tattoo, he's like, man, that's that's cool, man. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. On your other finger, it could be like, I'm with stupid, you know? <laughs> I think that's usually implied. <laughs> so... Uh, so Tony sort of served as our door to uh, Terlingua, Texas, which is, I mean, looking back on it, which was what, three days ago or something, Seems I've like lost a month. <laughs> That's what kind of guests we are, folks. Three days seems like a month. Uh yeah, so somebody, who was it who put us in touch? Uh, uh, Brendan Bulat. Brendan. Yeah. Shout out to Brendan. Shout Thank you, Brendan. Brendan. Brendan listens to the podcast, I guess, and uh, he had sent me something saying, if you get to Terlingua, look up my buddy Beer Peddler. And- hey, Phil Jansen on Twitter, too. Yeah, he was he was trying to get us together. Oh, was he? Yeah. Oh, good, good. The thing is, I mean, I get so many emails and texts and, and this and that. Like, I, I, I don't know where things come from or, you know. So we, we were going into the park and the guy said the campgrounds were all full and we should, so Cassie and I were like, well, let's go have dinner in Terlingua and, you know, we'll just pull up behind a, a dumpster somewhere and, you know, then come in the morning <laughs> and I went looking and I remembered something about somebody somehow told me something about Terlingua and I eventually found his, his, uh, text and I, I reached out to you thinking, well, this guy's probably not in town or if he is, he's got plans or whatever. And within five minutes you got back to me you're like, dude, meet us for dinner. And you know, we're having a dysfunctional family dinner, <laughs> which I thought meant boy, were- did we ever, <laughs> I thought it meant that they were going to be screaming fucking kids and in-laws, uh, but it, it was sort of a, a joke. Uh, I don't know if I should even mention that you, you guys, let's just say you guys were, uh, uh, you, you, the party had started earlier, <laughs> and uh, it would have been so easy for you to just say, ah, oh, fuck, I, you know, some dude I'd never heard of, I'm not inviting him to this party, and uh, but you did, and I'm really glad. Thank you for that, man. Well, you're very welcome. I've, I've enjoyed uh, spending some time with y'all. Yeah, it's opened up a whole a whole new chapter in our lives. Interestingly, I will never forget this for sure. I actually wrote that in my post this morning that y'all you know happened into Terlingua a few days ago, and now you can't leave because it, it's just so great here. It's true. <laughs> it's true. Every every night we go to bed thinking, all right, we're leaving tomorrow, and every morning we get up thinking, let's stay one more day. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah, we're leaving tomorrow though. <laughs> we'll see about that. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so Tony, like, I don't, I don't know where to even start. You're, I, here's what I know about you. You are a plumber. Your one of your great passions is beer, 
You're opening a bar here soon. It'll open when it's done or done enough to open. Yeah. Uh, I was over there yesterday. Uh, it's I, I can say this about it. It's a great space, a place that makes me want to hang out and drink beer. So I think you're on the right track there. Well, good. I'm going to add a lot of uh, a lot of added value to that. Yeah. And it's going to be called T- Terlingua Adventure Beer Company. Correct. T-A-B-C, which means something to Texans. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll wait and explain that later. Yeah. Uh-oh, here comes some dust and wind. We're sitting in a place called Buzzard's Roost. Uh, which has some teepees for rent. If anybody wants to come and check out Terlingua, it's one of the luxury places. teepees at that. Luxury teepees, to, yeah, big beds, down comforters. Oh, sweet! Everybody in this town has the same rug <laughs> for their teepee. They really? a- Amazon has done a good job of targeted marketing. Oh, nice, nice, yeah. As I was shooting all their properties, we realized, like, hey man, you guys have the exact same rug. <laughs> other people were looking at this. Yeah, there's yeah. not that many other people out here, so it was all the same people as you. Uh, we were hanging out yesterday at, at Jeff's office, uh, Jeff Leach, which is an episode that went up uh, two days ago, I think, yesterday. I don't remember. Um, anyway, uh, the UPS guy rolled up with a massive Amazon delivery, and I have never seen a four-wheel drive UPS truck. <laughs> that is the most badass UPS delivery. And it, it even gets stuck sometimes. Really? Yeah. Jesus. Um, yeah, so we're we're here. It's the west entrance to Big Bend National Park. Beautiful, raw, rough country. The the Rio Grande runs right through here, uh, just south of here. We're right right on the border with Texas with uh, Mexico. Um, and so, what else? I, I know you're a strummer. You're a, I'm a I'm a bit of a strummer. Yeah, I've yeah. Been uh, working on uh, playing a band called Shotgun Friday. But I uh, kind of screwed things up when I moved out here. Yeah. Well, you were based in where, Austin? Oh, uh, we were out of Fort Worth. Fort Worth, right. I wouldn't say I screwed things up. I just made them differently. Yeah. But, uh, they had to get so another. I had an opportunity to be in a community of musicians and uh, and really uh, enjoy some solo time, even though I haven't... I didn't enjoy it at first. It's a lot of pressure to play all by yourself. Mm. That's not something I'd ever done. Mm. A lot of, anyway. Yeah. So, so what what is it that brought you here to... So like, tell me tell me the story about you and this town. How did this all happen? Uh, it all started on a trip uh, when I was about seventeen uh, mm. down to Big Bend, uh, the the park, and and uh, and a subsequent side trip to Boquillas, uh, like that we hadn't planned, and I fell in love with Mexico and uh, the Big Bend all in the same day, and and t- that's a that's a theme that's uh, really kind of held true to me that. You look at the either side of that river, and it's the same thing. It's just a river. Yeah, I don't see it as a border. Right, uh, right. You know, and if you've never been down here, it's a hard concept to grasp. Yeah, it's funny driving over here. We were driving along the river from uh, where, where were we? That uh, we came down oh, from, from Marfa Presidio. Presidio. Yeah. yeah, we came along. And, I mean, you're just driving along the river, and, you know, despite the name, for folks who haven't been down here, the Rio Grande, no es muy grande. No. It's, <laughs> Es un rio pequeño in, in lots of places, and like you could swim across it in about 30 seconds. And, uh, yeah, it's it's a border in the imagination more than in reality. For sure. And anybody who wants, who's got ideas about building a wall has not taken a close look at this place. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck kind of well, wall Well, they, they've recently come out and taken some close looks at this place and have said, you know, even, even some people that would have been on the side of that thing said, well, you know, look at this, man. Yeah. You can't build a wall out here. Yeah. Also, where would they build it? Was the idea to build it on the American side and just give the Mexicans the well, river? 
Well, what, yeah, one of my that was uh, one of my arguments all along is that even if you really like loved America so much, you thought we needed a border wall. Well, you'd have to. You couldn't follow that border. It's it's that river. It's the middle of the river. So you're willing to give up American soil to build a border wall to keep uh, keep people yeah. out. You know? Yeah. Well, and the river. I and, mean, and like people who want to you know float down the river, they got to get a fucking visa from Mexico or something. And then all the animals that don't give a shit about any of that. Right. You know. Yeah. That stops exactly. uh, migration. Flow, and, yeah. Yeah. Well, we won't get into politics. Yeah, yeah. Let's. Yeah. It's anyway. It's uh, so anyway. So you came down. You you did that trip to. Uh, it was, across it was funny enough. It was this wind uh, in the night, uh, in the desert night. You know, as a kid, that really was something that I remembered. Uh, th- you know, for the rest of my life and up until now. And huh. uh, each trip I'd taken out here since, I it, it kind of as soon as it would hit me, it would kind of oh yeah, I'm back home, man. And mm. I just uh, I don't know. I've been a, a traveler and a, a, not a. Not a traveler. That got somebody got confused with that the other day. I've been a nomad uh, of sorts, but um, every time I get out of here, I feel at home. Yeah, so. that's an important feeling. Yeah, I I don't know. I uh, I've I've felt it in for uh, yeah. It's it's a feeling. I think I I might not know how to feel. I've thought about that a lot because I moved a lot when I was a kid, and. Uh, you know, there, there are positives and negatives of everything. But there are, ti- there are times when I've arrived somewhere. I mean, it's happened here, actually, um, where I felt like, wow, I want to hang here. I want to know more people. I want to explore this place. Like, this isn't a place to just blow through. I'm not done. I got that feeling in a place called Pushkar, India, a long, long time ago. And I spent three months there. Uh, not unlike this, actually, desert and beautiful stars and open sky and all that. Um but you know, Pushkar India is never going to be home for me, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I felt it in waves, but I haven't felt it the way you felt it. Like, hey, I'm going to open a business here. I'm going to make my life here. The, yeah, the connection to nature, and also this—it's uh, a such an interesting community of people. I mean, as you yeah. guys have experienced over the yeah. last couple of days, I mean, just no shortage of incredible stories of. The people that yeah. grew up here and have been here forever and, and, and the other people that have showed up here and, and have made their way. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's extraordinary. Everybody that we've met, you know, they sort of walk away from the table and someone says, well, that guy discovered <laughs> this, uh, you know, Tyrannosaurus down there in the valley or, you know, he he this guy over here. Yeah, they, he did. He developed the heart valve. You know, and these are this is true. I'm not making yes. this shit up. Or, you know, what was the other one? Uh, oh, the guy we met the other night, Pablo Menudo. Pablo Menudo. You know, it's like just seems like a nice, you know, old guy sort of rambling, telling stories, and he walks away, and somebody's telling me, well, actually, Pablo Menudo's. A, I don't remember what it is. You know, he's some kind of genius who <laughs> like sits in his. What's he call his house? The uh, Desert Research Institute. The Desert Research Institute. And he, and I noticed, I mean, he, you know, if you meet the guy, he looks like he might be homeless. He's dirty and kind of crusty. But when he was talking, he said some things that really like, like, what? Did, did he just say that? He's talking about superorganisms and hive mind and just like talking about things that are really on my mind recently that most people don't even know what the fuck they are. And they just came up in the first five minutes of conversation with him. And it wasn't me. Yeah. It, it was him. You know, it's like, Jesus, is there anyone here who isn't smart? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> me at times. <laughs> 
No, it's, it's hard to learn how to live in the desert. You know, it's a, it's a uh, long process. So you think there's like an evolutionary uh, process here that the boring, uh, uninteresting, unintelligent people die or move out? I think that there is something to that theory, huh. you know, right. I mean, and that's one thing uh, I really dig about the community of people here. It would, you know, in spite of your, uh, your, your past and, and, and all the things that you may believe in religiously, politically, right. Uh, everybody out here has, uh, different things like that going on, but they all have this thing in common that they came out to this most inhospitable place and said, I love this and I want to be here. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's some, I, I often noticed that when I was traveling, like, uh, you know, internationally, particularly, that the the people I met always seemed it was much more likely that they were going to be very interesting than the people I met back home, wherever that happened to be. Just because these are people who got up off their ass and went, you know, uh, daisies munching something there. <laughs> I think she's eating rocks again. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so there is a filtration that happens. So you were young, you came here. Uh, now, I don't know how old you are, but that was a while ago when you were 17. Yeah, I'm 43 now. So All right. So but, uh, I get, got to where, I, as I take a trip out here, you know, I could get out on my own and, and do that. And every trip in the last, you know, handful of years has been a little longer than the last. And mm. it was way more that, uh, not that it was so hard to get here, that we loved it so much that it was so hard to leave every time. Right. Which another thing that you're yeah. experiencing. Yeah. Uh, but I got to, you know, to the point where, you know, it was 500 miles to, to drive just to get here from Fort Worth. And that was too much. Yeah. So, and the longer I'd spend here, the more I'd get it. Yeah. And uh, I really just, uh, I don't know, I'd, I'd, I'll say it sucked me in. You've been here in the summer? Yeah. I moved here full time in June. What's that like? It's hot. Yeah. It's pretty, uh, Everybody's hot though, and we we find a way. But it's a you know they always say it's a dry heat. It's not as bad, but uh, you get in the shade and it knocks it off by twenty degrees. We made a solar powered uh, swamp cooler so the sun could keep uh, us cool, right? Instead of uh, burning us up. And the hotter it was, the harder it would run. Yeah, that's so nice. you, you find ways to, to make it. Actually, the bar is one of the few buildings around here that has the air conditioning, so that, that'll be fun mm. on the hottest of days. But it's yeah. you know if you've ever lived anywhere where it's it's actually I'd rather I'd prefer this over the heat of North Texas in the summertime because it's humid, so humid up there. And it, uh. Even at night, it's still you know 100 degrees. Right. Right. And the summer is also the rainy season here, is that right? Uh, yeah, that starts uh, about mid-July and goes through, can go uh, into October, but some of the most incredible storms around here. Yeah. Got a lot of awesome lightning shots over the mountains. And oh, man. Some incredible hail. And- yeah, I was thinking that yesterday when Cassie and I were driving through the park a little bit, and I, you can see where the waterfalls are, you right. know, just carved into the rock. And I've been stuck rock. here in town before, like, waiting for one of the, one of the arroyos to dry out. Yeah, cut off from yeah. the rest of the world. Yeah, yeah, that must be incredible. I love big storms like that when then you see those purple and clouds. Coming almost in. every day during that monsoon season, uh-huh. you know, it's happening somewhere. It may not ever rain on you, but you can see it from yeah. forty miles out. Yeah. So were you were you a river guide at some point? Uh, no, but I've done uh, I've done some uh, some river traveling, uh, backcountry stuff. We've done a, a trip down the lower canyons uh, with a group of buddies of mine called the El Canyon Arrows kind of the uh, secret founders club of the the trilingo adventure beer company oh all right so there's a lot of connections there but uh we hope the bar will kind of tie all that story together yeah but uh yeah i've done a lot of river stuff and uh, even uh, recently uh, talking about uh strumming got to got paid uh, as a musician on a trip where with one of the local raft companies 
So that was uh, probably the coolest solo gig I've ever played in my life. How long was uh, the trip? A three-day tour. Oh, With nice. a gourmet chef. And oh, really? He brought 60 bottles of wine with glasses and, you know, ceramic plates and silverware. and. Nice. Hey, you, play, you played so some, some tunes the other night. Are they available anywhere? Can I mix them into this? Or, or? I, I just recorded in Austin uh, pretty recently, so I should have the final cuts here pretty soon. I mean, uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, I've got a rough cut you could add on do there. Do you have a guitar around? Can you play something live for us? Uh, we can do it later. I don't know if I have it with me. Yeah, I'll, I'll play, probably have to do it later. I think I left it back at the uh, at the bar. All right. Well, I'll catch up with you later. I, I definitely want a couple of those tunes. I'd love to mix them into this. All right. <laughs> great. Yeah, great. So, uh, all right. So, you came down. You've been coming down regularly. Uh, meanwhile, you were in Fort Worth and you were doing uh, plumbing work at the time? Is I was doing uh, plumbing work for a while. Uh, did that uh, kind of work. Started out as a shithole digger and worked my way up to running the company uh, that... Uh, I ended up getting my uh, own master license to do things my way, and I did, nice. and uh, it was fun, but it was also a lot of a lot of stress. You know, I mean, anybody that's run a small business, and uh, a lot of liability comes with plumbing. And mm. uh, but then, you know, as I slowly but surely started doing work for uh, bars and breweries, I you know kind of mm. had opportunities to learn more about beer, and it really uh, fascinated me. So were you fascinated before you got into through the plumbing? I or? was a I was a guy who was bringing Shinerbach to parties rather than you know the the standard. So you're all light Miller Lite. So I was uh, that that was a weird thing. You know to walk in with a six pack of like the oh that dark beer, right? Like that made me somehow different than all the rest of them, right? Right. And it did. Yeah, but that was a good thing. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I, from what I've seen, like there's a lot of sort of pride in drinking bad beer out here, like. <laughs> you know there is. I mean? You know what I mean? I mean, nothing against Lone Star or Bud Light or whatever, but, you know, nobody's calling that art. You know? Right. It's, it's, I mean, uh, it is, uh, you know, by by design, one of the most, they should, theoretically, are some of the most well-made beers in the entire world. They're made by the biggest company with the most mm. money and all the all the equipment. So it doesn't mean it tastes good. Yeah. It means it's uh, technically perfect. Right. Yeah. So, consistent. Yes. Consistent. Yeah. yeah. And I the mean, idea of a consistent beer is just, you know, like that's something they drilled into our heads. Beer was never something that was always exactly the same. Well, beer is a living thing, Correct. ideally, unless it's in a clear bottle, you Corona drinkers. <laughs> you dumbass Corona what drinkers. What are you doing? I know, man. I, I, you know, in Mexico, you get a bottle of Corona for like, 10 cents and then you go across the border and it's 650 with a lime in it and that uh, i want to say corona is the number one selling mexican beer in in texas which is one of the biggest beer markets anywhere yeah yeah and it's dead so if you're buying beer in a clear bottle folks you're buying dead beer is that correct they had to kill it before they even put it in there and it's it kills like it even further pasteurized or something <laughs> yeah exactly uh, so what, what are your beers? What are your favorite beers? I know you're going to have like a lot. You're going to have Texas, uh, Texas small brew beers. Right. That's, so, are you going to have, I know I, you drink Sierra Nevada. I've seen you down a few bottles. Well, I that. drink that mostly out of its, uh, my long association with it. I mean, that, that's, that was the first really hoppy beer I ever drank and yeah. it blew my mind. It's a good beer. And uh, yeah, good one, standard one of the best it ever was. Yeah. But uh, we're going to focus on the Texas <clears throat> stuff. I drink Sierra Nevada Pale Ale a lot here because that's one of the few really good beers that's, that are available way out this far. Hmm. And that's part of why I'm doing what I'm doing is to bring some better beers. Uh, and I don't mean better, just a, a better selection of right. beers. Right. Uh, and do a little something different than everybody else out here. Yeah. You know, people come from all over the world and want this real true Texas experience. But uh, we're not, there's no place that's really highlighting uh, the boom of beer here in Texas. And there are, it's been growing a lot. Yeah. Here. Right. Uh, from a, when I started in the business about eight years ago, there were, 
probably about 15 breweries at, in, in Texas at the time, small independent breweries, and, and now there are over 200. Well, so, yeah, yeah, and, and it's continuing to grow. Continuing to grow. Yeah. I see the future of beer is, is, is really like, and, and, and if we ever start brewing beer here, you know, we're going to be a little, a small outpost where the beer we brew, you're only going to be able to get it right here. It's not, we're not trying to push it to the far corners of the earth. Right. You know, the best beer you'll ever drink is right at the source. Right. Is that true? I believe so. Do you, does beer lose something in the bottling and the transportation and all that? A- every second that a beer is alive, it's, it's not it's going to be as good as it, you know, I mean, there, there are some mm. beers that are made for aging and some beers that are designed to, you know, actually referment in the bottle right? or, uh, you know, things like that. But uh, for the most part, beer's made to die. That's, it always has been uh, a quick death. So, so the, the sooner you drink it alive, you drink it fresh. Correct. Huh. Interesting. I didn't know that. So the, you know, the, and you'll, you see a lot of that happening. A lot of people are opening uh, small neighborhood brew pubs, and it's a lot less money to spend, you know, capital investment in the beginning to buy a lot of this equipment. You still have to buy the equipment and be able to keep it up, but you're you're not as focused on pushing it outside of your your walls. You make more profit that way, mm. and uh, your beer is always fresh, and you're the one that's in control of it, not some distributor or some right. other retailer. Huh. Right. And you were saying the water here actually is quite good for for uh, brewing beer. It's uh, yeah, it's an interesting situation out here. There is you know, and there's. As Ed Abbey said, there's there's no shortage of water in the desert. There's just a lot of people trying to live in a place where they're not supposed to. So there there is water here, and the desert would sustain itself. And there is quite a bit under the ground, but that doesn't mean we should suck it all up. Uh, so, you know, everything out here is about conservation. And uh, the water underground is really hot, which is different than a lot of places. So they have to use a special pump to get it up and you know, cool it down. And they it's use- hot? Oh, yeah. Why is it hot? I mean, if, if it's what underground, it's it's way underground, and uh, oh, it's that far underground. So there's like geothermal heat. Correct. Oh wow. To my understanding, anyway. Huh. But uh, and uh, you know, you can dig a well out here in one place, and it might be ninety feet deep, and the and, you know, go right across the road and right over there, and it's four hundred and fifty feet deep. So, huh. but it does present a lot of challenges out here. Like the other day, uh, the water, you know, they had a water main break, and this entire town was out of water for for four you know four or five days Mm. and uh that's something that that's not uncommon yeah and then you know if you're trying to operate a brewery and you don't have water for four days or you don't have power that's another thing that goes out Mm. so it does make things uh challenging yeah not impossible but you know yeah although that's again that's one of the you know talking about constancy in beer and and in life jeff and i were talking about this i think last night we were talking about the moderation yeah the middle path and and i had this sort of thought like it's only the middle path in aggregate that actually what you're doing is swinging between extremes yes, like and an average yeah it's an average and and i find a sense of relief when things go wrong when the power goes off when a big ass storm comes through and knocks shit over there's something about that that I find really relaxing and reassuring. Because adventure starts when all your plans fail. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess that's what it is. Yeah. Like you have to think on your feet. That's when you come alive in a way. That's, uh, uh, someone told me that a long yeah. time ago. And I've kind of, that's, you know, one of my, my daily mottos, you know, you wake up every day and, you know, what are we going to do today? If I make a lot of plans and they they don't come through, then I, I feel like I haven't accomplished much. But right. if I set out with uh, you know some things in mind, but keep it open and flexible, you, and especially yeah. in a town like this, you yeah. never know what's going to happen. Yeah, God laughs at our plans. Yeah, that's true. 
Uh, all right, so a town like this. So I, one of the things I, I a conundrum of this town is, and you get this a lot traveling too, where you you come to a place and you say, "Wow, this place is perfect the way it is right now. It's perfect. It's at this great sort of." point of where it's developed and there are six or seven places you can go and have good food and meet cool people and hang out and listen to some music and look at the stars but it's but it's quiet at night there's no crowds there's no bullshit not like you guys are developing these buildings and you know there's no building codes. There's nobody coming looking over your shoulder. and Not until you mention it on this podcast. Uh, really? <laughs> Should I delete that? <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> well, Wait, what? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's, there's freedom because there are so few people that there's, you know, it hasn't attracted a lot of governmental attention. There aren't cops all over the place and, you know, writing tickets. And, but... If it continues to develop, then it's going to bring in, you're going to have your fucking Walmart, you know, and your, I mean, how are you guys? Because, you know, you've got businesses, so you want people to come. You want people to enjoy the place. You want money to come into the town and, you know, for the place to thrive. But on the other hand, are you worried that you're going to lose the thing that you love? I think that everybody has a little bit of that worry and some people have it a lot more, especially people that have been out here for a long time. And uh, but consider that uh, also that when they got here, it was something completely different then, and it's 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 changed because of that. Right. And uh, I see this as a place that is really slow to change. I mean, it's it's very remote. It's not right off of a, a major highway, interstate highway. Yeah. And it's it's rugged, and it's it's a tough place to live. So, you know, people are willing to visit. It's you know basically 500 miles from any major city in Texas. Uh, for the most part, but you know, people will still make the journey. You have to want to come out here, right? It's, and yeah. you know, inherently as humans, uh, our, our nature is to to continuously take over. We're the most invasive species that's ever been here, and uh, it, it, you can't stop that progress. They're going to keep coming, and uh, you know, and it may take a little longer because of the the remoteness of it, and that's what's protected it this long. But I see it more as an opportunity to lead by example and and teach people how to do it right rather than complain about them, you know, coming in more and more because it does. I mean, if you're going to live out here, we have to have a way to make, you know, a living and uh, and, and everybody around here does. But uh, I think that there's uh, if, if you give people the opportunity to make good decisions, uh, they'll, they'll surprise you more often than not. And there seems to be uh, the culture of the place seems to already be pretty conscious of the environment uh pretty conscious of taking care of each other you know i see some of the some of the ways that 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 people are hiring other people are very conscious of doing right by them and not exploiting and and maybe part of that is is just the the really high quality of people you have here that they're thinking that way a, a lot of really great people and also you know it's a small town we've, we've talked about this a lot that uh, you, you don't want to piss anybody off and it's it's not that you know in, in that traditional sense but like you know we all have to live together and we know it yeah and even though it's a big place and spread out you know there's only a handful of other places and we're going to see each other. So it makes sense not to, to, you know, to get along and help each other out. And I mean, it's, it's a really a place with the, the, the idea of a neighbor is, is something I, I, I write about a lot lately, hmm. especially with the, the, the people over in Boquillas, you know, real close to us. Those are my neighbors and they live, right. you know, I mean, it's an hour and a half to get down there, but that's, I, I feel a close connection to them because of, of our proximity to each other. Yeah. 
Uh, just to clarify, Boquillas is Mexico. That's Correct. right, right across the border. And there's a place here in Big Bend National Park where you go down to the the river, and there are guys who will take you across the river in a boat for five bucks, and you can have lunch over there, and they'll stamp your passport. And it is my favorite town in all of Mexico. <laughs> really? Yeah, uh, I've, I've been all over in, in, in a lot of different parts of it, but I, I really just uh, I've, I've I've grown to have like you know, like that was my first real experience out here. Yeah, and uh, having the opportunity to go down there, I could go down there. Pretty much, they're they're closed on Mondays and Tuesdays. Like they just you can't go. The border checkpoint isn't open. Mm. But uh, I could go down there and have tacos at any time I wanted, and you know, go have a beer with Miguel at the bar. Yeah. And uh, I've really created some uh, n- cool new relationships with some of the folks over there just by having an opportunity to be there. Yeah, yeah. That's I love Mexico too. I spent a lot of time down there. You've been to Chiapas down in the south? I have not, not been that's, that far. That's a special place. Uh, San Cristobal de las Casas. you got to get down there. All right. Man. Yeah. San, San Cristobal uh, de las Casas. Um, las Casas was a Jesuit. Um, I don't know what he was, a bishop or something. He was an important Jesuit who went over um, shortly after the first conquistador. So I think it was... 15 late 1500s early 1600s he was over there and he was one of the only prominent spaniards who stood up for the indians and and was just like totally incensed at the way they were treated and the unfairness and actually he uh he and a guy named sepulveda had a famous debate um for before the 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 catholic authorities arguing as to whether or not indians were human and deserving of being treated like humans or whether they were animals because they hadn't you know received the grace of our <laughs> lord and uh, de las casas uh, las casas you know argued in favor of the indians and won the debate officially uh, in most people's estimations, of course, it didn't do the Indians any fucking good. But it's just cool that the one of the fa- one of my favorite places in Mexico is named after this guy, you know. And there are Indians all around up in the hills. It's a great place. Anyway, enough about my favorite parts of Mexico. <laughs> where else? Where else have you been in Mexico? Uh, I've been to Mexico City and then uh, done some stuff down. In, uh, been down to Cabo. I really, really liked it. Baja. Long way from the uh, the ocean here, so but uh, this yeah. is a lot of the same vibe, I think. Yeah. Different food, and but uh, I really liked it down there. I, I'd actually at one point that was maybe the the trip that made me think I'd wanted to open a dive bar in Mexico someday. Yeah. and then so I'm, it's I'm, pretty, I'm, close. I'm pretty close. Yeah, yeah that's uh, yeah. that's definitely uh, come up a couple times with some friends of mine. You can have sushi in the bar. <laughs> uh, I have had sushi in the desert. But, uh, I don't think I want to be the guy. High risk. Yeah, talk about liability. I mean, we Man. did. We ate seafood like three nights in a row a couple of weeks ago, and just that's high living out here. Yeah, yeah. So, what do you miss out here aside from the ocean? I guess that would be one. Uh, well, you asked about my some of my favorite beers. One of them is is one I miss. I, I can't get it regularly out here. It's a beer called Hans Pils. And uh, the, the, the closest place I can get it is an Alpine. So that's about an 80-mile drive to go get my favorite beer. And where's it made? That's at uh, Blanco, Texas. Uh, Hans Pills. Real Ale Brewing Company. Huh. All right. So anybody coming down here to see Tony pick up a six-pack of Hans Pills. My friends have been really good about that, honestly. Yeah. I've, I've, been, I've, kept, in, I've been kept in a pretty good supply of it. So, But, uh, you know. You get it and you want to drink it fresh, so it's gone. Yeah. 
<laughs> we got we got three cases sent straight from the brewery uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I don't think it lasted three days. Oh wow! Did, did you order it, or did they just send it down? Because well, they... I, I I called in a favor. Oh nice! I had a friend coming out. Nice. See if he could swing by and pick All some right. up. Well, I'm sorry, we're driving in the wrong direction. I'd love to bring you some. But uh, I'll do the next best thing, which is buy some and drink it and think there of you. you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So anything else we should talk about? What's, uh, you know, you know yourself better than I do. What what are we missing here? Well, uh, I guess, you know, the bar is the most important thing going on right now. It's uh, I've been putting a lot of focus into that. And it's not just uh, building a place. You know, it's taken over a place that's got a long history. Right, uh, the boathouse. Locally, it was the boathouse for Far Flung Adventures. One of the, you know, when they were the first river company out here ah. before any of this stuff was here. And um, so, what was it a bar before? Or? No, it was it was where they stored the boats for the oh, like the actual okay. rafts. It was an actual boathouse, ah. and it was just a pole barn. And so, it uh, became the first variation of the boathouse bar in 2000. And uh, you know, they kind of shored it up a little, and you know, closed the building in a little more, and. And then uh, added a restaurant to it, so you got to you know seal all the cracks. And you know this building has been kept in life for a long time by a lot of people, and it's it's been many different things. And so it's and it sits right in the middle of the ghost town, which is not much of a ghost town anymore. Yeah, you know you get a lot of people running around. Yeah, it's funny you call it the ghost town. It's one of the busiest parts of yeah. town. <laughs> <laughs> Midtown Terlingua, man. Yeah, yeah. And uh, but uh, it's really cool to kind of take this. Uh, it, it, there's not a lot of new things happening out here other than, you know, there's a lot of stuff being built, but uh, on this level of things, a new bar and a, a, a new restaurant, but within something that a lot of people have a connection to. So there's a lot of feelings and, and I've, I've spent a lot of time talking to a lot of the locals and, and finding out what everybody missed about the old place and wants to see in the new place and, you know, trying to convince them of my vision for it because that's something totally different. And, you know, that's not a question that's been asked a lot. Hmm. It's like, are you going to have a shuffleboard table? Or, you know, and, and so what I found through a lot of this discussion is that, you know, they, they want to have some things to do. So I want to bring right. some alternate kinds of uh, entertainment. And, you know, you don't want to just sit around and drink beer all the time. That's right. uh, uh, I want I want to encourage conversation in this place. So a lot of huh. common seating and, right. uh, you know, opportunities to tell stories and and uh, share time with strangers. I mean, that's one of my favorite things about traveling around in the beer business. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And there's a feeling in this town of of. Um, you know, I was talking about how the people we've met have been so interesting, but it also works the other way. There, there's a feeling of openness here that you know you walk in and people look at you with open, open faces, and they want to know who you are and hear your story. It's, it's a, it's a really welcoming kind of place at this point. I hope it stays that way for sure. Yeah, and I think uh, I think we're on a good path, man. Uh, there's a lot of uh, a lot of really good people here, and 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 all doing great things, and and they can see the growth coming. And, uh, you know, I mean, for the most part, I think everybody's uh, trying to prepare for it in, in, in good ways, you know, to mm. build some infrastructure that makes sense and, uh, you know, push this this town into a, a good new future. Yeah. Yeah. Because it'll come whether we want it to or not. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, exactly. It'd be best to help shape it rather than try to fight it. Yeah. There's an old expression, some Indian tribe, I forget which one. They said it's easiest to ride a horse in the direction it's going. <laughs> It's great. <laughs> you know, I mean, if you're facing the wrong way, yeah. you, you don't know what you're going to hit. You might as well turn and, you know, try to guide it a little bit. Yeah. So uh, we don't know when the bar is going to open because things are, you know, happening on Terlingua time, but it's going to have, you're going to have, it's a big place. You're going to have a seven stage. Acres. Seven acres. Yeah. 
So we've got the the bar with the big uh, the outdoor beer garden uh, yeah. stage there. We've got a really big back patio with another stage there. Uh, plans for a future uh, uh, music venue uh, to, on the back part of the property. And you can have we've got a little barn, a we can turn it into a stage, and yeah. yeah, we get a couple hundred people out there, and we got a campground that everybody could stay God on damn. site uh, yeah. within walking distance to the you know the other restaurants and bars there within the ghost town. Right, right. And then uh, some plans for some future retail shops of sorts. I want to open a gear shop at some point, and right, uh, you know be able to come out here and, and, and stock up on some good gear to get you out there and, and, and go have an adventure. Right. Right. And then come back and drink some beer and listen right. to music. That's the best part about living out here is being 15 minutes from the Big Bend National Park and the Big Bend Ranch State Park. Yeah. Yeah. You ever get too much of being in the city, so to speak, you know, <laughs> you can just small take city. a quick drive and you're out in the middle of nowhere and you're all yeah. by yourself. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and when that happens, one of the things we've been talking about is getting Duncan Trussell down here for the grand opening. Yeah. What do you think? He, he came highly recommended by Brendan. So. Yeah, there you go. All right. So, Duncan, and people who listen to Duncan's podcast, tell him, get your ass down here. I'll talk to him about it. You won't it. have a bad time. If you do, it's your fault. <laughs> yeah, Duncan, Duncan rarely has a bad time. All right. So, we're, let's, uh, let's wrap it up here, and then we'll pick it up a little later with uh, a live performance of Fuck Your Wall. Is, Fuck Your Wall. And maybe another tune or two. All right. Thanks, man. All right, thank you. There's things in this world I never understand. Like how the hell you gonna draw a line in the middle of the Rio Grande? Well, that muddy river flows, man, it changes every day. But it don't really matter what that Fox News say. Well, it don't make no sense why you build a fucking fence. Oh, 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 fuck your wall. That's right, sing along, doggy. Well, lots of people think that it's all true. That our border's all outlawed, secure, and we're coming for you. Insecure is probably more the case. That's why I'm singing this song to the rest of the human race. Well, it don't make no sense why you build a fucking fence. Oh, oh, oh fuck your wall.
Mexico and Texas, well, they've always been. Long before some people gave those names to them. And to think, to think we own them, well, it kind of makes me laugh. Because Mother Nature, well, she always bats last. Stand up for your rights and never give up the fight. So it don't make no sense why you build a fucking fence. Oh, Donnie fucking Wall. Oh, Donnie fucking Wall. This one is, uh, this, this song is about Jeff's truck. Jeff's truck. <laughs> Alright, that's Jeff. And this song is about Jeff's truck, apparently. It's about the shitty truck. It has a lot of it. This is about the truck. The truck. And there's Cassie and a whole shitload of dogs. It's got in it This truck, the, this truck we, we shot this truck here. Oh, that's his truck? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> It's, it's 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 a truck. It's the truck. The truck with the arrow. All right. It's a shitty truck. But that, that's a good thing. Oh, hey now. Rio Bravo River, it's Rio Grande, some. 
Well, I guess it all depends which side you're from. You ain't never been here. Well, you best watch what you say before you open up your mouth and you'll sound dumb. Welcome to Texas, bienvenidos a Mexico. It's a place I like to take it slow. You can live your city life, you're always on the go. I'll be out here, way out near Mexico. You can live your city life, you're always on the go. I'll just take my home near Mexico. Cheers. Those are two great songs brought to you by Sierra Nevada Phil. Right? <laughs> Fueled by it and everything. I well, hope you enjoyed that conversation with Tony. Uh, I miss the guy. Uh, check out his photo on my website. He looks like one of the dudes from ZZ Top. Uh, <laughs> and I hope you enjoyed Fuck Your Wall. I don't think that's available in record stores. Are there records? Do record stores still exist? I, in, a, in other words, I don't think it's commercially available. This is the only place you'll hear it other than on a back porch in Terlingua, Texas. All right. Thanks for your support of the podcast. Thanks for telling your friends. Thanks for writing reviews on iTunes or wherever it is you listen to the podcast. And uh, see you down the road. Much love from Topanga. He said, baby, what's a big deal? Feel what you want to feel Say what you want to say You're gonna die one day For example, I could kiss you Just because I want to What's the difference if you turn away? I'm gonna die one day Why do you waste your time Thinking about your reputation Trying to meet an expectation Wondering what they're gonna say When everyone you've ever known Is headed for a headstone I don't wanna give the end away But we're gonna die one day Your body is an animal Doesn't ask for much A little music and a soft to play Your heart is in a birdcage singing in your chest You wanna shut it up but give it a rest You're gonna die one day Why do we waste our time thinking about a reputation Running from a confrontation Wondering what we ought to say It's a big deal If you want to be free Say what you want to feel Spend the night with me I'm gonna take you up in my arms And if we must go down 
We'll go singing to the smoke alarms. We'll dance into the ground.